Hi, I'm Dr. Emmanuel Aiko. The early signs of a heart attack can vary. The most common include squeezing across the chest, a feeling of unease, and a sense that something just isn't right. It can be easy to dismiss the early signs of a heart attack as the symptoms don't always feel severe. It's never too early to call 999 and describe your symptoms. Your NHS is here for you. Well, look at this! Here's the guy here just in the nick of time! What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir! Ain't we just? What were you doing in that warehouse? You lied to me! You were at that crash! I don't know what you're talking about! Well, stop the... pissing me around, Gwen! You're so used to lying and fobbing me off, like the idiot that I obviously am! Those blokes paying you? Why were you there? No, I'm asking the questions, alright? I followed you, okay? Yeah. So that bloke, the tall bloke in the coat, you f him or what? All I ever asked was you trust me. What? Like you trust me? It's a two-way street, Gwen. There's stuff you don't understand, Reese. Oh, of course not. I'm just a big dumb animal, aren't I? I mean, what's so secret you can't even tell your own fiance, eh? You know what I mean, fat? Why are you marrying me, Gwen, eh? What am I, just a habit you can't be asked to break? No. Then no. tell the truth! All right! All right, my job! The, the special ops thing, it's a, it's, it's a liar cover story. Thank you! At last! God, what's that taking? About a year? So that's one lie down. How many more we got to deal with, eh? Is there anything in your life that's actually based on truth? Us. Us? <laughs> us? Us is crumbling when us is falling to shit. I think I enjoy keeping all this stuff to myself. Then why did you? Because I'm trying to protect you! Have you ever stopped to think about that? No. No, because you prefer to blunder in without thinking or looking. Good old ham-fisted Reese's heart. His heart is in the right place, but his brain is a million miles Shall we? What exactly do I need protecting from? I catch aliens! Good news, boppers. The big alert has been called off. It turns out that the early reports were wrong. All wrong. Now, for that group out there that had such a hard time getting home, sorry about that. I guess the only thing we can do is play you a song. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I just cannot get enough of the TV show Warrior on Sky Max. Hi, I'm producer Dave. Uh, you just reminded me of the film Warriors. Do you remember that film from the 70s? From the 80s, right? From the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah, you just reminded me of that film. I still haven't, I haven't seen it for ages. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say you have. I thought you were going to say you've never seen it before. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, of like... course I've seen it, but it's been ages, ages. Can you dig it? Yeah, Can we had that as a clip ages, ago, ages back, didn't we? Yeah. I love that. It's, I mean, that's, it's got so many bits from it. Um, and it one bit in particular that I never knew, and I'd been saying it 
for years before I watched the film was uh, so that there's this this song in from '95. It's a rap song. It's a remix of um, a Craig Mack song, "A Flavor in Your Ear." It's got um, Notorious B.I.G. It's got Craig Mack. I think it's got LL Cool J and Busta Rhymes and a couple of other people. Black Thought, I think, are in it as well. Great song, "Flavor in Your Ear" remix. Now it starts with Puff Daddy going, "Bad boys." come out and play and then the song kicks in and so i never i I never knew where that came from right until sat down watching the warriors and then towards the end someone just comes out just starts going warriors come out and play i'm like you stole that from p diddy and i'm like well actually no it's the other way around (laughs) it's like okay fair enough so uh anyway warriors great film but that's not it has nothing to do with Warrior. Have you heard of Warrior, the TV series? No, I haven't, no. Okay, so... It's, it's, it's an American sort of like um, game thing that you um, play and you get bounced off balls and what have you. No, no, you're thinking of American Ninja Warrior. Completely that different. as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, completely different. So it, it's, it's on, on one of the title things, it always, say, it always comes up and says, it's based on stories by Bruce Lee. And it is set in. I'm I'm, I'm going to butcher this the storyline, obviously. Uh, but it's based on uh, it's it's set in. If I'm not mistaken, maybe the 19, we 1920s or the 1890s in America. And I'm going to quickly do a, a check because I don't I, I don't want to do it any uh, injustice. So it so I've got I've got it right here, and it says, oh, there we go. So. During the Tong Wars in the late 1800s. So it's set in America in the 1800s, San Francisco to be specific. And it is it, it follows uh, Assam, uh, a Chinese immigrant who is fluent in English. But obviously, when the Chinese uh, emigrated to America, a lot of them didn't speak English and so on. But he well-educated, spoke English before he got there and is a massively talented fighter. And it is basically the fact that it's based on stories of Bruce Lee. You can imagine if Bruce Lee was still alive, he would be playing that main character. So just imagine Bruce Lee playing that lead character, right? He's got nunchucks and everything. It's from the makers of Banshee. Uh, it's um, It's got some, some of the actors from Banshee. If you remember Banshee, I, I'm sure I've raved about Banshee. It's one of my top 10 favorite TV shows of all time. It's an amazing show, very visceral in terms of the action, hard-hitting fights, just brilliant, brilliant show. It's in its third season. So anyway, it, so it focuses on this character called uh, Assam, who's looking for his sister and he is in San Francisco in Chinatown in San Francisco. And it's essentially in the 1800s when uh, the Chinese are dealing with uh, issues of immigration and trying to settle in. And they're, you know, they're the Irish are also coming in and they're dealing with work and, and so on. And it is, and, and so you have gangs that are fighting against each other. It is a great, great show. Um, Obviously, if you're highbrow, you might think, "Yeah, I don't want to be seeing the violence and the sex and all that kind of stuff in, in the show." But it is just so beautifully shot. It's in its third season at the moment. I am binging it. I'm currently on episode six of season three. I hope this show continues. I hope it carries on for years 
because this is it's it's a well, maybe not years maybe two more seasons and then you know it can rest on you know on on it, it can it can just slowly end knowing that it was one of the best tv shows it, it, you know 100 best tv shows whatever i'm, I'm gonna make a slight fool of myself uh, is that related to that uh daniel day lewis film that no it's not related to any Daniel Day Lewis. And I, I know what you, which the Daniel Day Lewis one that you're thinking of is, is Gangs um, of New York or where? Gangs of New York, mm. not related to it at or all. Or similar in aspects. Okay, so to, to think about yeah. Okay, so kind of like the same time. Yes, around the same kind of time. But Gangs of New York is obviously as as the title implies, it's set in New York, right? So it, it but it is around the same kind of time. It's dealing with the same kind of issues with. Um, you know, gangs uh, in uh, so, so in, gangs in New York is set around 1862, right? And it's set in New York, where you have the various gangs that are there in New York. You've got the Irish gang and so on and so forth that's there. So yes, it is in around the same kind of setting, but it's a different part of the country, different set of gangs. But just imagine gangs of New York as a TV series with martial arts. And tons of sex. Oh, that, okay, yeah. That's warriors. Yeah. So, so that's that's the pitch. They, they, thank you for bringing up Gangs of New York because that <laughs> when when you talk about visuals, it's 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 just it, it's very it, it's beautifully done as well. The costumes are fantastic. For those who are interested in romance stories, there are some romances that are in it, fleeting, but they're still there. Um, it's it's a great it's a great show, great great show. Anyway, so what, what channel is that on? It's on Sky Max, so if you if you've got a Sky package, you can see it. It's also those of you who have HBO can also see it on HBO with the HBO Max, um, and I think um, Cinemax. I think it's a Cinemax production. So if you have those channels, go check it out. Um, it is it's great. It is a fantastic TV show. Um, yeah, I, I can't stop raving about it. It's just it's it's great. I'm binging the episodes, and I can just keep going and going. And just ranting about it, but you know, I'll I'll stop with my ranting. Producer Dave, what have you been watching recently? To be quite honest, I have not been watching that much in the way of TV. I mean, the TV's been on, but it's usually something that I've seen before because it's something I can quickly dip in and out of. Um, you know, nothing new, really. To be quite honest. Okay, so nothing because you're you're too. Are you too busy? It's stopping you from watching TV shows or focusing on TV. It makes me feel bad because I, oh, that's all I do. I just watch TV and, and videos and stuff. It's not so much that I'm too busy. It's just that um, you know when you can't be bothered to concentrate on something new. It's, for instance, I have been wandering through really slowly um, a couple of series on Apple TV. Which ones have I been wandering through? Because I've seen um, Ted Lasso several times. Got it. Because you know I'm I'm familiar with that, comfortable with that, and stuff like that. Then you've got um, For All Mankind, and I've been one. You have to sit down and focus on that. Yes. You really yes. do have to sit down and focus on that because if you miss a bit, you you, you sort of like you miss quite. You could be missing quite a chunk. So. You know, I've been going through that slowly, but only when the mood takes me. It's not when I'm kind of like here, there, and everywhere and focused. You know, what? you know when I'm, so like my concentration is wandering or whatever. 
you, yeah. you know what? Funnily enough, because I, I my brain obviously it's 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 age and it's all the stuff that I've been watching basically put holes in my memory. I, I was wondering recently. I was like, I'm sure I've watched a whole bunch of TV shows, and that's one. I know you're anti binge watching stuff. One of the downsides to binge watching stuff is because you watch the entire thing and you move on to something else, you f- you forget what it is that you watched. But now that you've mentioned Apple TV, that flooded my my memory with a lot of the TV shows I've watched. So I haven't seen For All Mankind yet. However, I did binge Shrinking, which is from the creators of Ted Lasso. Um, Brett Goldstein is one of the creators and writers. He's um, Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Yeah. He's, he's written on Shrinking. It's got, um, oh, I can't remember his name, the guy that's from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's from... Um, how I Met Your Mother. I, he's, I can't remember. He's an actor. I, he, he's in it. He's the main character. Oh, is that the Ford. one with um? What's his name? Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's in it as well. Uh, it's it's a great it's a great show. It, it, again, similar to Ted Lasso, with the very um subtle humor, the very gentle humor. But it's more about it, this time. It's it's not like it's not about football. This time it's more about psychiatry, if you will. It's about people who are going to psychiatrists and the main characters are three main psychiatrists um in this practice and the main one uh this is no this is no spoiler they say in the very first episode he's lost his wife um and she died maybe a year before the events of the of the show and it's basically him coming to terms with it even though it's been a year and so on and the impact of all the friends and family and so on it's it's good um the writing is very very good um Still, Ted Lasso for me is is higher than that one, but it's there. Also, another show on on Apple TV that I've watched is uh, that I've been. Silo. Yes, sorry. Silo. No, no, I did Silo ages ago. Yes, I know. <laughs> That's why I mentioned it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about that. that. Was ages ago. It's like it was that feels like years ago. Oh, it gosh. was a great show. It's a great show. Um, I can't wait for season two to come back, to come out uh, so I can watch it. Um, it, but it didn't grip me as well as some of the other mystery kind of stuff that I've watched. Uh, but it's good. It's very well acted. One thing, I, I think I said this the last time we spoke. One thing I really liked about it is if you don't know the story, if you haven't read the books and you don't know the story or you haven't read the synopsis or whatever, um, with the actors, the level of the, the caliber of actors that are brought in, it's just you you have no idea who's going to survive because you'll think one person is the main character and then they kill off that person and they bring in another person and they kill off that person and then you think oh well is this person all along and they kill off yeah, that i remember person. that conversation now yeah and like, oh, what, the, <laughs> what the hell is going on it's like who let jake you dead uh, what's his name um what the, the guy that did uh game of thrones uh rr uh rr not rr talking um what's his name the one who did um, because it's Tolkien and oh, I can't remember his name. The guy, who, yes, who who let the creator of Game of Thrones in on this project? Because that's what he's doing. He's just massacring everybody. Um, but yeah, so Silo was good. But the other one I watched on Apple TV is the After Party, and it, the After Party it's it follows the same. It's a mystery, right? It's like a it's like a detective mystery where uh, the first season, um, again, great. Uh, character actors, great actors, comedic actors in it. Um, your man Sam Richardson 
from uh, our, our favorite villain from Ted Lasso, <laughs> right? He, he's the lead character in it, right? So he's in it as well. He's great. Um, so the first season follows these friends who go to this, um, they, they go to their high school reunion and uh, one of them, one of the group is this successful um, music star played by uh, Fra- Franco, not James Franco, but the brother. Uh, and and he gets killed in the very first episode. And so the entire TV, sorry, the entire series season is about them investigating who killed the guy. And there's a time crunch. It also has to be in one night. So each episode, they're interviewing a character and you're seeing that night from the perspective of that character. And it goes through. It's a great, it's a great show. They do that in the first season. Same thing in the second season. The same format. It's got Tiffany Haddish in it as well. Um, she's the investigator that's doing it. It's great. It's it's a good show. It's a good show. So it's on Apple TV. Uh, anyway, we could keep ranting about all the stuff that we've been watching, but let's move on. You've been listening to you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acho. I'm producer Dave. And we do, we've done a, a whole bunch of chat about some of the stuff that we've been watching. But let's move on to some of the other stuff that we'll be talking about uh, in the spotlight section. We're going to be talking to Tom Price, actor from uh, from Torchwood and a number of other TV shows that you've seen him. A great comedic actor. He has a podcast called My Mate Bought a Toaster, which is it's 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 a it's a great it's a great podcast. We're going to talk a lot about it uh, during the spotlight section. Um, when we jump into that bit. But before we get to that, let's jump into film and TV news. So in our film and TV news t- uh, this week, uh, producer Dave and I, we came across a couple of articles from the Guardian, which talked about uh, the title of one of the episodes. One of the uh, articles was, it stated the Great Cancellation: Why Mega Bucks TV Shows Are Vanishing Without a Trace. At the same time, another article was focusing on movies, uh, which is The Batgirl You'll Never See, Why Some Films Disappear Forever. So long and short of it, these two articles were basically talking about how big studios like Warner Brothers and Netflix and Disney Plus are creating, are spending a lot of money in huge, you know, on huge budget TV shows and films just to either shelve or just throw away the projects that they're working. For example, the Batgirl movie. That movie cost 90 million. If you've never heard of this, there's a Batgirl movie uh, that was made uh, last year, as in it was completed last year. The the plan was that it was going to be released in 2022. It had uh, Michael Keaton coming back as Batman in in The Batgirl uh, by Warner Brothers, and it cost 90 million to make. It had been completed and just got shelved, not even streamed on HBO Max or Max as they're calling it, just shelved completely. Um, and one of the reasons there are a lot of speculation as to why it's been shelved, uh, the the main theory that's going on at the moment is that it was shelved for tax purposes. So, you know, the, you know they, they're writing it off as a tax loss, if you will. Um, same thing with the article on TV shows. So it, the article started off, the article was written by, the article on in The Guardian by Stuart Heritage. 
It's on The Guardian, the great cancellation, why Megabox TV shows are vanishing without trace. The article starts off talking about this TV show called Nautilus, which was done by Disney+. Plus. Uh, and it, it goes on to describe this massive production uh, that uh, was done in Queensland. Uh, it injected $96 million into the local economy by getting hundreds of crew and hundreds of extras. And they made the TV series, except... As it says, nobody's going to see it because even though it's already been made, completed, Disney Plus have decided not to stream it. So, uh, producer Dave, you read these articles uh, with um, as well, right? Um, what what did you get as the reason for these shows, according to these articles, these shows and these films not being released? Well, from what I see, it's more of a tax thing than anything else. Um, I, I couldn't believe that they would spend 96 million pounds or dollars on a show just not to not to show it it's a bit cynical because they actually also say right at the end well they're looking for a new home for it but that means someone else is going to have to shut out for it and they get their money back anyway so it's a great big tax write-off that i just think you know all those creatives who put heart and soul into it are now going to go away to get nothing from it, if you see no acclaim, yeah. no criticism, nothing. Even the criticism would be positive for them because at least it would have been shown and they could have taken some lessons from it. They're not going to get any of that, to be quite honest. No Absolutely. praise, no criticism, nothing, no constructive criticism. And at the end of the day, the people who are going to lose are the people who are, are paying for it. If you have Disney+, Plus, you're actually paying for things like that. Yeah. And at the moment, you've got a writer's strike as well. Yes. So they're throwing away shows that have already been completed. What are they going to show in their place? They, they're not making anything right now. So this is the perfect time for them to wheel that out. But no, they're going to tax write it off and maybe palm it on to someone else. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, you're right. It's very disheartening. On the one hand, it's very disheartening that that is something they could do where they would, they would take the hard work uh, of all of the the creators, the writers, the crew, the extras, the staff, you know, everybody would put in all those effort, all their effort into getting that project. It'll take months, sometimes even years to get those projects done and then just shelve it. And it, on the flip side as well, just as you mentioned it, the, you know, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America and the SGA, Screen Actors Guild, they're both, those two unions are currently on strike because of bad faith deals done by production companies and studios where they're not paying their writers enough they're not paying the this the actors and in fact the actors are striking in in solidarity with the writers and i know it's not just about the how much they're being paid because they're not being paid a living wage that's one of the uh, complaints a lot of people are trying to diminish what uh, what they're striking about but the main the key main the key things are a the the wages that are being paid to the writers especially on streaming services where um those streaming services and those companies will gladly take the projects and carry on streaming it and getting all the revenues like netflix for example that they don't show their numbers so that becomes a problem because the writers and the creators of those shows don't actually get to see how well their projects are doing so they're not getting paid for that, um, as and as well as the fact that there are clauses that are being brought in by producers and studios where they want to start using AI to write scripts and and get stories 
where all AI is doing is just stealing from other writers who've done their stuff. So writers aren't getting paid because it's going through AI. And so they're complaining about this. So you then, so juxtapose these two situations that are happening where the writers and the Screen Actors Guild are striking because the studios are not um, investing enough in them and in, in their creativity. And on the flip side, when they are spending massive amounts on projects like that, they're just shelving it or writing it off. It sort of, it boggles the mind. Um, obviously, you know, we're not, we're not in any position to be able to understand or make any kind of changes, but having, reading that article was an eye-opener. I had heard about the whole Batman, uh, well, not Batman, but the Batgirl project being shelved. Um but reading the article just basically opened my eyes to the fact that it's it seems to be a regular occurrence that is happening with these studios. And it can be disheartening for someone who gets into the business, a very tough business to get into in the first place, to get your project to that point where you see it completed and all you're expecting is, okay, in the next six months, people are going to be watching this and people will see all that hard work. And then to hear, nah, it'll never be shown. Nobody will ever see it because they've decided to write it off. It's it's anyway. Um, it's... I think what's the more disheartening is that um, the decisions not being made by people who've got a creative bone in their body is more being made by accountants and the money men who are just looking at a balance sheet and thinking we've spent ninety six million on this. Let's recoup by cancelling it and using yeah. it as a tax write-off and that i believe is is the most disheartening thing of, of the lot that creatives are not in control of their own destiny destiny it's the accountants and the other money men or money people should i say who yeah. are in control and that is the most disheartening yeah you know we'll we'll, we'll keep we'll keep listening keep our ears um and, and yeah, listening to to the news, we'll keep reading news and try to figure out more if there are more theories as to why this is happening, and especially more about the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild because we were going to talk about that last week's episode, but we didn't get the chance to do that. Um, by next week, we're going to look into it and find out where where they're at at the moment because at the moment of this recording, they're at a stalemate. So we'll find try and find out what's going on over there. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance One Four Point Four FM. I'm Marcus E. Acho. I'm producer Dave. And this is Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm here with actor, writer, uh, a, a producer, podcaster, uh, you've seen his face, you've heard his voice numerous occasions. His podcast is My Mate Bought a Toaster. Let's get him to introduce himself and we'll start off. Uh, let's let's we'll start off with a weird question, which is going to throw him off guard because I haven't asked him this question. I didn't prep him before this. Tell us your name and what your favorite memory of working on Torchwood was <laughs> uh, my name is tom price and my favorite torchwood memory uh was having a very uh, controlled but enjoyable street fight in newport 
uh, as part of the Children of Earth series where the fight uh, coordinator said, yeah, you'll be fine, don't worry, you, you won't get hurt, you'll be no problem at all. And then about 30 seconds later, I was cradling a badly damaged elbow. So <laughs> happy days. You've got it. You know what? Blood, sweat and tears. I'll do anything for Russell T. Davis. That's you, the top line. They didn't provide you a stuntman to, to do your role or you, you, you figured, no, I'll be Tom Cruise. I'll just I'll just I'll jump in there and get it done. I think they thought I was the stuntman. They they weren't fans of the show and they thought this uh, this guy is such a bad actor. He must be a stuntman. He can't be the real thing. Um, No, I, I, you know, I just threw myself into it. They said the best thing to do is really get stuck in. And then they said they said everyone else who's fighting has been given some training on how to do uh, uh, the fight. So you all you've got to do is roll with it. And I was like, okay then. So I just sort of (laughs) very much did what I did when I played rugby at school, sort of pushed and shoved a bit. And before I knew it, um, I was in pain. That story of my life, Marcus. That's okay. Hey, that's as you said. It's a, it's it's the blood, sweat, and tears that every actor dreams to be able to to shed. So, um, and Torchwood being a, a very fantastic show, very long time ago. Um, I do remember you in that. I remember seeing you in a number of other things as well. Uh, episodes is one of my favorite TV shows. No, well, they were like top twenty TV shows, and I remember you popping up in there, and you pop up in various uh, comedy shows, uh, especially the improvised ones. Like there's there's one. Uh, wolf, uh, it just slipped slips in my mind. Um, tourist trap. That's it. Tourist oh, yeah. trap. Yeah, of course, the Welsh one. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and, and uh, so I see your face pop up every now and again. And so as soon as the email came through saying, "Would you like to interview Tom Price?" I was like, "Absolutely, we get to chat to this guy." So the first question I want to ask you, of course, the second question I want to ask you is, "How did you get into the? How did you get into the industry? What was what was your motivation to get into the industry? How did you start?" So I was just an unbearable show off from the age of about four o'clock, uh, four o'clock, from the age of four o'clock. Four, the age of, I needed four o'clock, yes. <laughs> you, you have those moments where your brain just uh, lets you down. You're like, oh, thanks, brain. Oh, it's it's one of those days today, is it? I Usually when I'm drinking, yes. Yeah, well, me too. I mean, come on, it's 11.34, so why not? Yeah. Hey, um, it, it, yeah. it's, co- it's cocktail hour somewhere. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, so I was always wanting to um, do acting ever since I was a kid. My earliest memories are of watching my older brothers doing plays and thinking, I really want to go and do that. And then it just sort of spiraled. And I really got into watching a lot of comedy when I was a teenager, things like Bottom and Partridge and Blackadder. Um, and then I went, I chose my university based on them going to Edinburgh because I just really wanted to go to the Edinburgh Festival. And so I went to a great uni that took shows to Edinburgh. And then I did a sketch show at Edinburgh. And then that was it. It was just comedy and acting. And I got spotted by an agent uh, in Edinburgh. And it just sort of snowballed, really. I think the the main thing was I, I, was, I wasn't particularly good. I mean, I really wasn't. And I would argue I'm probably still not. But I was... I, I ju- I, You've got to keep going at these things you've got to keep doing them and there was a real moment when i was about 23 24 and i suddenly worked out how to be on a stage and i just got i think i got a lot better and um yeah it just it just happened really it just happened but it took ages and loads of work and loads of sacrifices but it just happened but most actors say that about themselves they always say that they, they're not as good as people may say they are so they you you, you know you you'd, you probably i don't know about what if this is something about you yourself do you like watching yourself the the TV shows that you you've been in? Do you like watching those episodes and seeing yourself in them? No, not really. I'm very critical. I like watching. I don't mind watching myself back if it's stuff I've written. So like Tourist Trap, where quite a lot of it was improvised by me. 
also brilliant writers behind the scenes on that as well. People like Gareth Gwynn, Ben Partridge, fantastic Welsh writers. Um, and I just like watching that back because I like seeing jokes. So if there's a joke I know I'm about to deliver, then I will like watching that back. But if I'm watching myself in a performance in something like in Victoria, I was in Victoria for a couple of seasons, and you're such a small cog in a giant machine that you think, it gets to you and you're like the triangle player in the orchestra and you're just going, oh God, don't don't get in the way of the story. Don't get in the way of the story. I think when there's a story to serve, I get very nervous. When there's a joke to serve, I'm very happy. I, I see your point. Um, and I, I do agree with you on, the, especially with improvised comedy as well. If it's something that you've improvised and you know it landed superbly, I'm very proud. I agree with you. because I'm an actor as well. It's been a very long time since I've done it. The same thing occurs. I hate watching myself in scripted stuff because when I when I watched it, I'm like, oh, you're just passing. I was just I was just doing the scene. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. But if it was a bit where it's like maybe it was improvised or it was off the cuff and it landed spectacularly, I love watching that over and over again because it's like this is this is this is good this yeah. this shows that you're funny so it's like yeah yeah, yeah i think it's because I, I don't know maybe we all feel less like i trust my comedy bone as a as a viewer so if i'm watching myself i know i've got a joke right and i know i i'm pretty good at getting those right whereas like i say with a storyline where you know i need to look um tired upset but tense or whatever those notes are for this moment and i will watch it and go i don't know if i've done that here have i done that here i don't know and it's that doubt which sows madness whereas with comedy i go yeah that's funny and it's then it's like it's just a nice feeling that's excellent you will you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus iaco and we're speaking with actor writer uh, podcaster comedian tom price who is uh he's got his, his podcast which we're going to be talking about in a couple of minutes so i will dive into that uh which is uh the, the name of your podcast uh, hold on i have it right here is my mate bought a toaster which is is interesting i have listened to one episode but i want to get your take on it just uh, because we're a film and movie uh, uh, film and tv radio show i want to mm. ask you what is your favorite film that you may have seen on Amazon because your your podcast is about Amazon. What's your favorite film that you've seen on Amazon? Not necessarily going to the cinema, but on Amazon, maybe Amazon Prime. Oh, this is a great shout. So good films that are on Amazon Prime at the moment. Am I allowed to look at my absolutely uh, my machine? In fact, do I'm... that. It's like because if you if you regularly watch it on there, when you pop up on Amazon Prime, the first thing that pops up, film or TV show that pops up on your Amazon Prime account. What is it? This is where it gets really embarrassing because you come yeah. out and say something exactly. Well, you're basically doing to me what I do to people on my podcast. So now I know what it feels like because the first thing that comes up for me is Johnny English included with <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. I mean, come on, the guy is a comedy genius, right? I mean, it's yeah. fantastic. Won't knock Rowan Atkinson at all. No, my God, he's amazing. I adore him. Um, so if I look at all the films that are up on Amazon Prime at the moment, and it is amazing, isn't it? Here he is padding. It is amazing, though, how many there are that you can just, with Amazon Prime, you can just you can just watch. They're just yeah. ready and waiting for you. It's, it's, it, it, it's sort of, I mean, compare that with Netflix, for example. You get, because I, I used to prefer Netflix. However, with Netflix, you get uh, some of the material, which is oh, obviously, you know, it's made by Netflix, so the quality yeah. may be different. Whereas Amazon Prime tend to have more of a, a wider reach because yeah. you know, they don't have to have an exclusive deal with anyone else like Netflix would. So yeah. that you tend to get more a broader appeal. But you also get to see some very 
obscure, unique films on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, You've got to take the dive, right? You've got to just go, go on then and and throw yourself into it. Yeah. So mine is, I mean, this might be a bit of a cheat, to be honest, Marcus, because I I bought it, but I think it is also on Amazon Prime. But I bought it years ago and I watch it every Christmas Eve. Do you say Die Hard? (laughs) So, I mean, obviously, right? It's Christmas Eve. (laughs) Are we going to dive into the conversation The Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Oh my God, that is the equivalent of like, do you say scone or scone? That is the radio equivalent of scone or scone. No, it's not Die Hard. It's, this is weird. And I got my kids to watch it with me for the first time this last Christmas, just gone. Contact. The Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey film. Obsessed with it. It's Obsessed a, with it. It's a good film. It's a good film. Um, I've seen, I mean, I saw, I've saw it a long time ago. I've never got my kids yeah. to watch it. Um, but that's because my kid went through a phase where he got scared of anything that was uh, space related. Uh, well, that, this it, would not end well in that case. <laughs> this, this is not a good idea. He, he, you better better off sticking to Jaws, mate. Go you know to Jaws. He, he's annoyed me recently, so I might get him back and say, hey, do you want to watch this film? It's very nice. It's got James Woods in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 being a baddie. It's, built, it's based on, it's like a Carl Sagan thing. And it's based on his novel, which I recently read and was, it's very, it really is true to the book. Um, and I love it because I love the, and not really spoilers here, although maybe spoilers here, uh, the idea that from from space, from deepest space comes the, uh, the, the, the sort of flat pack manual, how to build yourself some strange device. And it feels fantastical. And this is what's so good about all good sci-fi should have this. Strangely feasible. Stray, the best sci-fi you think, yeah, that's one that's one news moment away. There, there is every chance that one day we might get a signal from space. There's every chance it might happen. That's true. And it, it, you're right. There, it, there has to be an element of it being slightly feasible because then it sort of, it, 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 you can't just shake it off as being pure sci-fi. You, you, you can't, you, if, it's, if it's something that's extremely fantastical that you can just blink things with your mind, you're like, eh, let's just switch off and, and watch exactly. this. But if it's something that you can say, actually somebody went into their kitchen and they got all these household appliances and they put it together yeah. and just because this one extra thing that they had they now have a time machine that they can make and go yeah. back in time immediately That's, you're locked into that it's 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 great and it's like it's the same as um uh, something i'm really enjoying at the moment on apple tv is for all mankind which is just magnificent is that the one with oh your man harris is it yeah. jared harris yeah, so it's basically the story of uh, 1969, but the Russians get to the moon first. Okay. So that's your starting point. And, and it's like, that's where it leaves fact behind and it goes just a tiny bit counterfactual. Well, if that happened, the Americans would have, you know, they'd have doubled down. They'd have invested more to try and build the next, to, to uh, build a uh, sort of station on, on the moon and they would have invested more. And so it pursues that thought and suddenly human history but again, by carefully thought out increments, human history takes a totally different direction. It's totally feasible and it's it's fascinating. And it's the same thing where you're just going, yeah, we're nearly at that point. I mean, sadly, that hasn't happened and real life is actually really humdrum and a bit depressing. But hey, <laughs> this is what you could have won. So it's enjoyable for that. Uh, you know what? That is on my list of things to watch um, because somebody recommended to me but it was the choice between that one and another one, which is on Apple TV, which is Silo, which is... Uh, oh, yeah. Have you watched I, it then? I have. I have. I'm waiting for the finale, which is this week. 
So those are based on what's his name's Hugh Hovey, Hugh Harry's books. I, I don't remember the name of the author, but yes, it's based on books. Yes. Yeah, I read those. They came out years ago. He self-published those novels. Um, and it was just a great concept that once uh, every however long it is, I'm, I'm sure this is still in a TV show, someone's got to go out and clean the camera. They're living in a silo. They're using a camera to look out on the wasteland. And every now and again, someone's got to go and wipe some dust off. Guys, could we get a windscreen wiper? No, we have to have a human sacrifice. Yes, because obviously the earth, the outside is extremely toxic. And, you know, that when somebody steps out, you only have minutes before you die. So it's essentially you go and you clean the, the camera so people yeah. can stare and watch it your dead body just lying in the corner um, i think that is how most men think of household chores it's like oh, oh god is my one time gonna do it i'm gonna change the salt in the dishwasher but i will die i, I said i was gonna do it six months ago just you just yeah. stop bothering me about it <laughs> it'll, it'll get exactly. done soon uh, excellent so tom price let's talk about your podcast my mate bought a toast toaster what is it all about so My Mate Bought a Toaster is a pretty simple idea. We get on a bunch of comedians and celebrities and somehow, by hook or by crook, I persuade them to give me the login to their Amazon account. I then log into their Amazon account and we go right back to the start of their Amazon journey. And for a lot of people now, that begins around 2000, 2001, people started using Amazon. So you can open it up and by seeing what you bought, which you have forgotten about, because it's all still on there. Everything you've ever bought is still on there. You can trace your life and it is essentially a Borto biography because you have not put any filters up. You have not lied. You have not put spin on this. Uh, this is not a, a book you have carefully polished. You can't control the optics. You have to be honest about why you bought often very humdrum things. And as a result, as we've discovered over the 100 plus episodes, you find your way into whole new conversations. And a thing that guests often say on the show, which gives me such a thrill, is I've done loads of shows and I've never talked about this. And that happens again and again because it's just, it's pure honesty. You can't hide from what, what you buy says about you. Of course. I mean, you, and nobody ever wants to see their browser history or have anybody else see their browser history. And I guess the same thing is with uh, with Amazon, with your Amazon shopping app, right? So you could pick, yeah. and as you said, you know, the whole thing kicked off from 2021 you know pandemic when that happened where basically you can't go to the shops obviously everyone's going on amazon and buying a whole bunch of stuff uh so what is the one thing that if in all the episodes that you've done that somebody you've looked at their amazon shopping list and let's go with first of all the thing that made you laugh the most and then uh, we'll come back to the thing that shocked you the most so let's go with what oh, made wow. you laugh the most uh what made me laugh the most probably still jade adams buying a kayak Wow, <laughs> from Amazon, okay. She bought 600 quid's worth of boat on Amazon. I, ju I just made me laugh a lot for a long time. Does um, she use it or is it just decorating the house? It was a present, actually. It was oh, a present. fair enough, okay. Um, and it was a present for her at the time of the half. And I, I just love the idea of her getting it for him out of nowhere. Here you are, mate. Kayak. Help yourself, get in there. Come on, let's put you out on the um, on the Avon. Off you go. And, you know, just putting this guy in a boat. Cheers, mate. And him will go, oh, thanks. I, did, I never wanted one of these. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> did I tell you I can't swim? It's like, that's yeah, exactly. why. That's why she. That's why no longer um, her partner. So you'll be fine. Don't let the Tories see you. They'll send you home. <laughs> yes. It's, um, yeah, it is. It is just the pure joy of, of that moment. And when she when I told her I'd seen it, she laughed and laughed because she just had never really told anyone about it. Um she had a great story around it um and 
again, it was just that thing of pure spontaneity. That's what Amazon's so good for. Because I think a lot of people always say, oh, you should do this with, um, I don't know, eBay or with X, Y, and Z or with, with what I buy on Argos. And I'm like, yeah, sure. But the thing about Amazon is you can one minute you can be buying pickles and the next minute you can be buying a parrot. Like it is utterly random what you can get on there. And that gives the show its, its sort of drive. You're right. And with eBay, eBay's okay, so... With eBay and the Argos examples, with Argos is a specific thing you're going on to Argos to go and buy. So, yeah. the, so with that specificity comes a little bit of sense. Amazon, on the other hand, is the sense that you're browsing most of the time because you're on there and something catches your eye and you're like, oh, I just want to see how much this costs on Amazon. You never go on to eBay to go and see how much it costs. You go on to Amazon yeah. to see what it costs. And yeah. then you're like, oh, it's there's a cheap one going and you buy it. And that happens. And it's so easy to do that. And yeah, with eBay, time. not many people use eBay these days. Plus, when you're going on eBay, there's a whole case of you might see something that's weird that you try to bid on, but you get outbid, which means that you didn't buy it. And so that becomes a problem. Amazon, on the other hand, there's no bidding process. When you see it, that lizard brain part of you just says, I want this that yeah. thing. And you yeah. buy it. And then three weeks later, it gets delivered. And you're like, when did, what yeah. was I drinking that made me buy a telescopic lens? And exactly. then you can, and, and and it's there. So yeah, I I, I get it. So so I asked you about what was the funniest thing you've seen. What about the sh the most shocking, um, oh, uh, purchase that you have seen? The most shocking purchase. I mean, how do you mean in terms of like in terms of being horrified? There's yes, been... in, in terms of when you saw it on the person's app, yes. your immediate instinct was to go, "I'm going to shut this down, and we're not going to have this. We're not going to carry on with this conversation. Just we we we're just going to pretend like this never happened." Yeah. So uh, recently, Ed Byrne came on, and he bought uh, a pen knife which has got every single uh, attachment. Uh, that the Victorinox pen knife company have ever made, and it is about a foot wide, and it costs <laughs> cost five hundred and fifty pounds, and he bought two. Wow! Yeah, that shocked me, and that was a real like, I, what, uh, what? How do? I, why did you? Um, but there's endless, endless examples of people just buying stuff where you just go, what on earth? Why did you? Julian Clary buying hundreds of doorstops, and I was like, mate, are you just? An, are, you, are you very aggressive about your drafts? Just, <laughs> just, just really want to hold one particular door shut. Yeah, exactly. What is going on there? How many doors have you got, Clary? Uh, great explanation to that, by the way, which you can find out if you listen to the show. It's brilliant. Um, there's, there's just like Dom Jolly came on and he bought something like, uh, I think it was about 500 meters of uh, Ethernet cable, and it, it was a beautiful story around why he bought that, and it it defined a really clear moment. Um, in his life, Jake, um, I could go on for ages about these, Marcus. Jake Yap came on, uh, and there was a moment where he bought an auto cue machine, uh, which is the thing he used to first break through and get some really big accolades and his first leap into comedy. So often you'll find, you'll see the thing someone bought to help them make a big next step in their life. There, there's loads and loads and loads of these. I think Alex Horn, the shock, most shocking one was Alex Horn bought Mein Kampf. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Really, Alex should have a right of reply. But if you listen to the episodes, you'll hear Alex saying what a great reader is. Uh, I don't want to put any you know bad vibes about Alex Horn out there, but you see uh, that that would have that is the example that I would have said had I just seen it in the app, I would have just closed the app down. I would have just handed him the back of his phone and just gone, yeah. um, "Thank you. We're going to end the episode here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming. 
and don't bother me with your calls anymore. <laughs> just slowly move away from us. There was a very, very, as I'm sure you'd expect, a very innocent reason why he bought that. Not that there, I mean, yeah, hard to say innocent reason, but there was a, a very clear and ex- explicable reason why he bought that, which you'll hear if you listen to the episode. It always starts as innocent, and then it is. The podcast is my mate bought a toaster. You can get it. Yeah, so it's the access people can get onto it. Can they listen to it through uh, podcasts, through yeah. Spotify, through YouTube? How can they, they get a hold of the podcast? Yeah, everything you've just said, basically, you can listen to it on all your podcast apps. Also, the last few episodes are now on YouTube. We started filming them. So you can see Tom Davis, uh, who was fabulous, actually, um, talking about. Well, we had, we had a, a good 10 minute chat about back hair which was enjoyable. Um, so Tom Davis is up on YouTube and that is youtube.com slash at my mate bought a toaster, all one word. We're on all the socials as toaster pod and you can see clips and lists of things people have bought and uh, all our different guests. So I'm going to ask you, since you get to ask all of those people and I know I can't grab your phone to check what your purchase is. So no. as you have your phone on you, would you like to do that? Would you like to just flick, just do a quick spin and pick one item that is on your Amazon shopping list. So I'm going to go into it, right? Okay, fine. Oh, I wish I, you know, I mean, it's, it is quite weird. I did do it a couple of years ago. I did it myself. Uh, But the thing is time passes, right? And that's like two or three years ago. So there's, a whole new load of stuff. Actually, I can tell you that. Is this where you see that you've also purchased Mein Kampf? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, this one's signed. Um, no, <laughs> um, I can tell you, I mean, this really does sum up my life. Bloody hell. Um, delivered on Monday was DIY insect repellent netting to put around your windows. So essentially, uh, it's been 20 years now of uh, me being with my wife. And every time I open a window in the summer, no matter how hot it is or how badly we need a draft, she goes, close the window because a flight will come in or a wasp will come in or a bee will come in or a, a man will come in. Close the window. So I said, there's not much I can do about a man breaking in, but I will put up some netting. It's taken me 20 years. And I finally have bought this netting where you cut with scissors and you make the shape of the gap in the window you stick it up with velcro it's really good there's about six windows we regularly have open uh to get a draft in the house i did one it worked really well and that's it wow okay so uh, quite a sensible purchase i mean when you started saying mosquito netting i was thinking do you, do you tend to go camping but you know that, that's the thing everything you know when you go into your amazon purchase there's always a reason for it um Although whether you're, we, I'm sure you skipped past a number of things that you said. Yeah, I'm not going to mention this. I'm not going to mention <laughs> this. I'm not going to mention this. And then uh, you'd be surprised one. when I go. Well, in terms of yeah, what I've got, obviously, I would never tell you those things. God, I don't know why people do my show. But you'd be surprised <laughs> how, uh, first of all, how willing people are to talk about stuff. And actually, the best items are not ones that are necessarily rude or smarty, of which there have been not many at all. The best items are the most mundane things. So it's uh, Jade Adams buying a potato masher. Um, It's things like the doorstops. It's uh, Olivia Lee buying 12 carbon monoxide alarms. It's it's the little details of the minor things that bring out the big life stories we always find on the show. Excellent. And uh, I I highly recommend people go uh, listen to the show. It's called My Mate bought a toaster tom price i want to thank you very much for taking the time to come and talk to us if people want to follow you on uh, social media what can they do uh you can find me on instagram at the price tom you can find me on twitter at price tom and you can find me at my house 
I'm not going to put out my address. I'm just well, gonna... the ones with the mosquito netting that have been cut in a weird shape. That's down right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It, it looks like a it looks like a crime scene tent. That's yes. basically what we've done. We've built so much netting around it. It's ridiculous. Excellent. One last question. Uh, what's the last movie that you watched at the cinema? The last movie I watched at the cinema was the new Spider-Man movie, and I'm still furious. You're furious? Mm, I'm what? furious because I paid a fortune to take me and my kids to watch it, and it was really long. It was great. And then the ending was a absolute travesty. Oh, so you're talking you're talking into the Spider-Verse into uh, the Spider-verse, as opposed to yeah. oh got it. Okay. Yeah, Good. into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> you know, absolutely incredible. Um, obviously there's some great writing, there's some great effects, uh, deeply immersive, way too long. When when a movie comes along, it's two and a half, three hours long. I just think I don't care if it every single minute's amazing. No, hour and a half, mate. Get better editors, get better writers, learn to tell your story in 90 minutes. Look at Paddington 2. As with everything, look at Paddington 2. Yes, I, I can't remember who said that. It's like, uh, there's a, it was it the um, unbearable likeness of, unbearable weight of, um, oh, the Nicolas Cage latest film, where, oh, yeah. yeah, he's um, with Pedro Pascal. There's a yes. scene in that where he's, I think, either Nicolas Cage or Pedro Pascal is listing their top three fav- favorite movies of all time, and Paddington 2 is number one. <laughs> And the other, yeah. person is, the other person is like, what, dude, how can you put this above things like The Godfather and, and, and Schindler's List? And you put that above and it just cuts quick to them watching at the end and both <laughs> them in tears. And it's like, it's, this movie is really great. It's incredible. The main thing about Paddington 2 is imagine the riches on the cutting room floor. They wanted to make it. I think it's 89 minutes. Mm-hmm. They, they, it was just a rule. We don't go past 90 minutes. There is some incredible stuff and we'll never see it. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I do agree with you that when the end when the end credits started rolling for Into the Spider Verse, there was that point. There was a point where I went, "What? Really? You're gonna do this?" But sure. Okay. Also, with the kids, it's just like I've got an eight year old who's just sort of going, "Well, as a as a going to the cinema experience, that was too long, and now you're telling me I've got to come back and spend fifty quid again to bring yeah. everyone and get them all treats." It's just like, no, not good enough, Soz lads. Just to get a sense of closure. It's a flash, yeah. flashback to the Matrix trilogy. So, uh, yeah. I'll die and mention that. Oh my <laughs> Tom, thank you very much for joining us on the show. And we we'll hope to have you back uh, talking about your podcast and when they revive uh, Torchwood, then oh, you're going to be front and center. Yes, please. Thank you. Good. I hope Russell's listening. And that was my conversation with Tom Price talking about his podcast, My Mate Bought a Toaster. Uh, go and listen to that podcast, uh, to his podcast, and uh, let us know what uh, what you the weird things that you've bought uh, while maybe drunk or or <laughs> at, at, at 3 a.m., which is what I would do, 3 a.m., flicking through, playing solitaire because I, I've just finished watching a TV show and I can't go to sleep. And I'm like, oh, when I'm flicking through this, let, let's see. Or an infomercial pops up. And then I'm like, yes, I'm going to buy a new Uber. And then the next morning, completely forget what I've done. Uh, don't do that, obviously. You won't. You won't. Uh, right. So you've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to thank you for taking your time to listen to our show. If you're listening to this part, this portion, thank you very much. Um, because without you listening, it'll just be me ranting at producer Dave about some of the TV shows that I'd like to watch and I would I hated and have annoyed me and whatnot. And uh, producer Dave would feel, what's the point of all of it? I just I, I don't get paid for this, so it's okay. Uh, and thank you very much to Resonance FM, as I always say, for not listening to our show. Otherwise, if they did, they would take us off the air. 
Uh, so carry on not listening. For those of you who don't know about Resonance FM, go and check out their, you know, the massive amount of content. They are a great radio station uh, that provide uh, inspiration for a lot of creatives, whether, whether it's music, whether it's uh, theater, whether it's art, go check it out, go check out their website and support them because uh, they're an arts council uh, project. Fantastic group of people. Go and check them out. You have been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I have been Marcus E. Ako. I'm still producer, Dave. And thank you very much for listening. And we will speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.